two seconds of your yes. time, man. What do you want? Young entrepreneurs. Yes. Just lack patience and actually give a fuck about what other people think of them. Those are the two core reasons you're not at the next level yet. What's up, everybody? What's going on? I am your host, Blake Haggett. We are here at the Yes Show, the Young Entrepreneur Show, where we meet, talk with visionaries and leaders of today's time, how we're going to innovate, how we're going to change the world. So stay tuned, check us out, give us a follow, and you won't be disappointed. Welcome back to the Yes Show, everybody. Today, our episode, I am hosting a good friend of mine, Evan Holiday. I've been you know, dying to have you on the show because you bring a totally different mix than some of the guests that I've had on the show because you are so deep in the real estate development. So I'm going to let you open it up and uh, give yourself a little introduction, who you are, where you're from, kind of your little backstory, and I'll leave it up to you. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on, Blake. I'm excited to be here. Awesome, my man. So uh, a little bit about me. So I've been in real estate since very early on in, in college and, um, you know, through a, a whirlwind of events, figured out that I wanted to get into real estate and I wanted to make big things happen in real estate. Yeah. And it, it started off with a development on campus when I was in college. And from there, you know, seeing that big development and saying, okay, I want to be a part of that. And I was actually in pre-med at the time mm-hmm. and, uh, figuring out pre-med. who the developer was. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody else. (laughs) Um, so started out in pre-med and then figured out who the developer was. I was like, well, I need to meet that guy and tracked him down and said, Hey, I want a job. I want to learn from you. I want to, you know, soak it all in. I want to, I want to see what this whole real estate development thing is all about. Yeah. And, and he said, he's like, he's like, well, you know, get a few people out to the groundbreaking and, you know, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. So we ended up, you know, rallying the troops. We had a couple of my friends, a couple of fraternity brothers passing out flyers on campus. And we ended up getting a few hundred people to show up. Wow. And so at that point, he's like, okay, well, maybe this guy's the real deal. <laughs> and, uh, and I just wanted a job. I just wanted to work for a developer, see what it was all about. Yeah. And so I was the first one he hired and we brought that thing up from, you know, it was all new construction. It was like $55 million development mixed Holy use commercial on the first floor. So mm-hmm. I got to like, I got to interact with the commercial tenants. I got to interact with the residents. I got to sign leases. I got to deal with headaches all over the place. So it taught me so much about development um, and also management and just real estate in general. And I was just hooked from there and I, I knew I had to keep doing this. So yeah. uh, it ended really up interesting because you had the opportunity right out of the gate to kind of just throw yourself into the fire and you just did, you just jumped all in. Yeah. It's funny. I didn't even really know what I wanted. I just knew real estate was what I loved and mm-hmm. I wanted to figure it out and I wanted to kind of learn as I went. That's really cool. So what was kind of that, do you have like a pivotal moment between med school and real estate that you were um, just in a place of where you wanted to kind of break out and be an entrepreneur or like, Cause you said you went to college. Um, did you ever, you graduated. Right. And so a lot of entrepreneurs out there think that they need to pass on college. So I'm going to hit on this. Right. What were some of the big things in college that you took away? Yeah. So I was fortunate where my, um, my college has a uh, unique program for, uh, developing skills for entrepreneurship. Oh, so cool. it's, 
it's crazy because you know we talk about college and how it's can be vastly different from entrepreneurship yeah. but i think there's ways uh and even outside of a specific program i think there's ways to you know jump into entrepreneurship through a university and this so this program they they push you to start your own company okay and through this program that's how i started um a and with with a team a team of us started this modular housing development company so oh, we actually took the same uh the same layout of a houseboat and oh, wow. took houseboat manufacturing facilities so I was at University of Louisville in Kentucky. Kentucky has a crazy amount of houseboat manufacturing facilities. <laughs> Never guess, but right. they're there. And so they laid off like 1,100 skilled workers in the housing market crash. And wow. so we were looking at ways to put them back to work and create modular, energy efficient, and affordable housing and be able to build it much faster than your standard, like your stick built, like how yeah, yeah, yeah. normally built that's interesting so we took that same layout as just that rectangular shape of a houseboat and we're able to we actually were able to build a few of them and then we're like well let's do instead of doing single family let's take this and scale it and let's do multifamily. Uh, and uh, so you know we entered a few business plan competitions we had these venture capitalists giving us feedback and they said they're like man you're really on to something and we kept winning competitions we're like oh Let's go. Like, yeah, we got when some energy to get that good credit and people are actually starting to believe in you. Like, that's just such a big boost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even believe in ourselves. We're like, <laughs> Oh, you know, this is a college idea. Like, I'm not sure if this will ever happen. Yeah. And like, go, go, go. And we're like, Oh yeah. Before let's do this. Late. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Before we lose the momentum. <laughs> so we ended up bringing that out of college and that's when I was looking for funders I was looking for partners. Um, I was looking for uh, re real estate guys that are already in the industry that had the experience. Yeah. Because, you know, with, with a lot of industries, real estate specifically, and I'm sure you know, like if, if you're trying to do something massive, people won't take you seriously if you're just getting out of the gate. Exactly. And so you need to attach yourself with people that have the experience or have the funding to really make it happen. And you can that still be a part of that team. real estate, you know, is like, exactly. what's your resume? What's your track record? Have you ever done something this, this large, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's funny. I, I tell people, I'm like, I really, for the job I do, I don't need a degree, yeah. you know, but real estate is about what have you done? Like, what is your experience? What have you closed? What have you successfully gotten across the finish line? That's really cool. I know for all you listeners out there that are interested in getting into the real estate world, is there anything in particular that you, Evan, have advice to people that are first wanting to maybe get into real estate? Um, let's just say, you know, I'm in the middle of my college career. What are some ways that I could get involved in real estate? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I get that question a lot. And I think people put the limiting beliefs on themselves. Mm -hmm. where, you know, I've had people, they say, well, I don't have money to get into real estate. I don't, you know, I, I don't have the time or the money. Yeah. And there's, there's ways to get into real estate without any money. I mean, I was in college. I didn't have any money. I was just looking for a job. Yeah. Um, and I was looking for someone to, that I could learn from. So I'd say two ways, Sorry. either find a mentor, um, and, you know, add tremendous crazy value to them. Mm -hmm. So that way they, there's no way they can't hire you. Yeah. 
or look at it from like a, like a wholesaling way where you can add tremendous value without actually putting any of your money into a deal. Mm -hmm. Have you done much wholesaling? Uh, you know, I haven't, I've Um, just, I've just mainly done development, uh, new construction and some, uh, smaller acquisition rehab stuff. Okay. So you, you play mainly in the larger developments. Um, I know that you've shared with me that a lot of your focus is in kind of the multifamily space right now, because everybody needs a place to live. Single family, single family homes are getting so expensive is, uh, what is kind of your take on the multifamily markets and especially like across the country, how our market is as a whole for like living, like what is your kind of take on that? Yeah. So, um, I've been doing a lot of, a lot of research lately, just trying to figure out where, you know, across the country, um, where are some of the best markets? And I think as far as, and, you know, I rely on a lot of experts for this, but yeah, really the top of the market, like the class a product for multifamily is kind of tapped out. It's flattening. Like you look at any of the major cities, they just overbuilt for luxury, like Mm-hmm. top of the line housing that's just charging you nickel and diamond you for everything. And, and it, because people can only pay so much. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and they've just completely overbuilt that market. So I think if you're looking for, uh, markets to invest in, I would look in opportunities in that like B, B plus B minus C plus class apartments that are in markets that are growing. Like I've like some of the markets, you know, through Orlando, Tampa, mm-hmm. um, those are hot right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is like, people are starting to catch on to even these like tertiary markets. I know Boise's one of them. That's yeah. one thing that kept popping up to me. Salt Lake City's <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if you're looking, you just need to look for key aspects like job growth, income growth, and also making sure that there is a, there's a difference between, you know, where the incomes are and where the rents are. If the rents are lower, then that means there's much more room to grow. Yeah. You bring up a really good point because I know that we're running into that issue in Boise right now is at least from my perspective and my kind of analysis of the markets is that our multifamily is getting close to being overbuilt. There's 10 to 15 projects with 200 plus doors like being built right now. And we have a huge lack of, of jobs that produce the, enough income to pay for these apartments. Right. You know? And it's, it's interesting because I feel like our generation, um, the younger generation likes to have an ease of use and ease of access. We don't need a giant garage. We don't need a huge backyard. We like our amenities, workout, you know, maybe a pool. But it's, it's just an interesting kind of world we live in is the transition from homeownership to why don't I just rent an apartment for 800 to $1,200 a month? You know, it's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, we, we just moved to Nashville and we, we got an apartment here and we're liking the, uh, the apartment lifestyle. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's is it just great. kind of ease of, uh, use or is it, what are kind of the things that you really like about it? You know, I would say, uh, part of it is just moving to a new city and not knowing where we want to settle in. We just don't want to go in and and buy a house anywhere. Yeah. that's Um, So, but yeah, I mean, it's honestly great. I mean, I don't need a gym membership. I just work out here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, 
And, and honestly, they, they have like little co-working places. It's, it's more just like, you know, open shared amenity space, but mm-hmm. we use it as our co-working space. My girlfriend and I, Jeanette, That's awesome. um, we just go there and work. So commutes, commutes great. We're going to have to interview her for the show, for the yes show one of these days here soon, just cause I know yeah. she's got an awesome, she's doing so much in the personal branding as well as kind of website development stuff. It's super cool to see you guys kind of tag team that. And you guys kind of play in different spaces, but you guys definitely boost each other and pick each other up, which is really cool. Yeah. I think that that touches on a good point. It's like having a good partner is just so key. Like mm-hmm. I, I've just seen like over the last, we've been together four years and I've just seen like that transition to when we've been together is, has been so huge as far as my personal growth and, and my ability to, you know, look within myself, but then also have more, um, thought for those around me and care for those around me. Yeah. 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 Um, I think it really brought that really to balance me. balance of you can be like, Hey, what do you think of this? You know, cause she understands what you're doing with your personal brand and your podcasting and all of that. And she can be like, Hey, why don't you tweak it a little bit right here? Because some, I mean, you're only dealing with your own opinion, you know, which yeah. is thing. Yeah. We actually just went through that last night. It was like, you know, midnight on a Friday and we're going through like, okay, well, you know, I noticed when I'm, and she helps me edit my podcast sometimes. And yeah, you know, it's great. Yeah. Like exactly like you said. Um, and she was one that encouraged me to develop my personal brand. Yeah. Um, but we're going through like editing podcasts and saying, Oh, well, you know, this part, you know, we could probably do better and asking questions this way. And Uh it it is great just to be able to give each other feedback. And that's really cool because you're open to that. You know, a lot of people get so single-minded that they're not open to adjusting. And and what I don't know the exact quote, but there's a quote that says, like, once you, like, if you are, if you feel like you're the most intelligent in the room, you're definitely missing out on huge opportunities. Or it's like worded something like that. (laughs) You're in the wrong room. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So let's uh, let's pivot this conversation a little bit. Um, I'm really interested to ask you about your Airbnb. I know that you've got into kind of a rental property. Can right. you kind of break that down for some of our listeners um, that have interest in, you know, either investing in real estate or maybe this is an avenue to kind of break into um, their first either fix and flip or I'm going to let you kind of take it away. Cause you've done the work. <laughs> Tell us about the Airbnb. Yeah, no, I, I love Airbnb and I love, I, I think it's like a great platform for people to get into real estate because if they already own a house or, you know, they have extra, uh, extra bedroom or they have a way to turn it, their current house into two units. Um, that can just unlock, it's, it's just like unlimited potential or, or, you know, extra income, just literally sitting there and you just need to go out and grab it. Like it's your bedrooms are extra income. People don't realize that like three bedroom house, you know, one of them's used as a storage closet. Exactly. It's (laughs) like, you can, you can literally make money while you sleep. That's cool. And so that's what we, we actually bought our first house with that in mind. We're like, all right, we want a duplex or something where we can house hack this thing mm-hmm. and have somebody else pay for our mortgage. We can still get a great place to live, but we don't have to pay for it. Yeah. 
And so that's exactly what we did on our first house. We, um, we found a house. It wasn't exactly a duplex. It wasn't exactly what we wanted. We found out that was a lot harder to find, (laughs) but, uh, but we found a house where the master bedroom was on the first floor and it had a door to the outside. So we basically just locked the door, uh, you know, put a big lock on the door to our house portion of it, but they had their own bedroom and bathroom and even laundry. Oh, wow. So yeah, it was like a little mini suite, like a, you know, a a large hotel room. Yeah. And so we just started renting that out like a couple weeks into living there. And all of a sudden, like three months later, we're super hoes and, and now we've just been doing it for like the past two years. And it actually like it snowballs, right? I mean, Uh we, we were able to save all that income and then buy another triplex, which we do three Airbnbs out of, and they're right in the, like the heart of the tourist spot in Louisville. So those are always the most popular ones. So yeah, I mean, it just has created a whole nother income for us. Yeah. For all you entrepreneurs listening, take notes right now, because there's so many opportunities out there that you just have, you just have to look, you know, they're not going to be put on you. You have to go out and research and figure it out. You know, I imagine it wasn't easy, but Another thing that's really interesting to me about this Airbnb that you guys do is how many of the people did you get to meet when you were living there that are actually still kind of connections or you're like, okay, like, did you ever kind of make friends with people that would come stay and be like, Oh, what do you do? Or are you in town for work or whatnot? So, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, We've had a few times where um, we lived at our house, we had guests over and you know, the spaces are completely separate. Mm-hmm. but we were having friends over and we're like, Hey, let's invite the guests over. And so we'd invite them over and they would just hang out with us all night. And like, <laughs> you know, we'd play board games together. Yeah. Uh, we had the Kentucky Derby a few months ago no and way. we literally just like partied at Kentucky Derby all day <laughs> with these people from Detroit that we just met that morning. Like it's a were lot of fun for the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Yeah. They were staying at our unit for the Derby. Oh, that's so um, cool. And they were just like, oh, yeah, you guys are doing a derby party? We're in. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, that's something that, you know, I know you and I, that's how we kind of met is networking. And it's just you come across people. And um, I imagine that you'll probably run into them again someday or they'll come back and be like, hey, we're just going to make this an annual thing where we come to the derby and stay with you. Yeah, yeah. They've already said they're like, they're like <laughs> come back next year. Can you can we reserve it? <laughs> can you reserve things a year in advance? Yeah. I mean, if they ask us, we, we have our calendar open six months. Okay. Um, and that one thing I would, I would caveat, I would say, do your homework. Really? Because you can't just dive into this thinking you're going to, you know, all of a sudden get five stars every time. Like you got to take some care to get that super host status. What and are that's some a big of the, the, like the intricate things that you learned through this process? I mean, um, like turning a unit, what are some of those things that like you're talking about? are kind of, you know, tough things to deal with. Yeah. I would say Jeanette does actually does a lot of the work on the management side. Okay. I'm just a finance guy. (laughs) (laughs) We make enough money and where we're putting it. Yeah, exactly. But, but no, we, we make a great team, um, but in managing and flipping and just being able to um, turn the units relatively easily, it, it just comes down to, I think, making sure the unit is, is always staying relatively clean. So then each time you turn it, like occasionally we'll do like big cleans, 
Yeah. Or like major cleans where we just like scrub down everything. Um, I would also say in your unit to get that super host status, there's just little things you have to do, like yeah. you know, give them soap. You know, sometimes we put out candy, we'll put out like pop or beer yeah. or chips. And okay. you know, it costs us a few dollars, but it it instantly gains the loyalty mm-hmm. of whoever's there. Like they just people love that. Um, and nice sheets, a nice bed. Yeah. Little like things that you would want out of a cool little bed and breakfast type place. You know, that's really interesting because it's like those little things in life, not just being a super host that go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they just kind of take you from, I mean, even recently I've had conversations with people and I'll get a handwritten letter in the mail, like two weeks later. And I'm like, Holy smokes. Like this is meaningful. And and they took time outside of our conversation to just do something extra. So for all you entrepreneurs out there listening, you're always, uh, you should be definitely doing extra when you have the opportunity to. Yeah. I think just going above and beyond and showing people that you care Mm -hmm. and that, that their time is valuable to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's, uh, Let's talk about your personal brand a little bit. So I know that you were just saying that you and <laughs> <dun, dun, dun. laughs> the girlfriend were talking about a little bit. What are some of the things that you've uh, put in place to help grow your personal personal brand? I know I'm extremely jealous of your podcasting website because it's just really cool and easy to get to, easy to listen to episodes, easy to write reviews. What are kind of some of the things that you would recommend for entrepreneurs out there that are kind of starting a personal brand and, and where should they start? You know? Yeah, I would say, uh, I had my own personal branding consultant, Jeanette. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how you guys met? (laughs) No, we were met way before that, but she, um, yeah, she kind of walked me through the process and I think anybody can do this where you're just looking at, okay, what, what do I want to be known for? Uh, what do I want to help other people with? And, you know, what kind of value can I really add like tremendous value to other people? So for me, that is, that is real estate. And I also really like to help people with just mindset and motivation and just get their day going right and making big, big stuff happen. Um, that's awesome. Cause I know that I, I really enjoy listening to your podcast cause they bring a totally different perspective and you, you, you've interviewed some amazing guests, you know, and it's funny because a lot of the people that maybe listen to your podcast don't even know who these people are, you know, and that's what I love about podcasting and and what you're doing is that you're able to bring stories and experiences to life through, you know, 30 to 45 minutes of throwing the headphones in, whether you're at the gym, in the car, you know, wherever you're at. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And honestly, um, and the podcast was part of it, but it kind of just like stumbled into my lap in a weird way. Like I love podcasts. And like you said, like, I just love the value that they bring the free value. Like it's a, so just a, like a knowledge library. Yeah. And, uh, and I just, I met a venture capitalist is the first guest, um, Bob Manasir mm-hmm. and he's a venture capitalist from New York. And I met him in Louisville in passing. And it was only like conversation for two minutes. And I was like, man, I really 
want to keep talking to this guy. Like he yeah. is so cool. And I just want to learn more about venture capital. How does he find companies? How does he pick the winners? And, mm-hmm. and I didn't have that time. So I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll tell him I have a podcast. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you till you make it, baby. Exactly. I mean, and, uh, and so I told him, I was like, Hey, I have a podcast where I interview guests just like you making big things happen. I, I probably didn't say it that smoothly, but, um, <laughs> but he was like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to be on. And so just like that, I was like, Oh, well now I really need to make it happen. Like <laughs> I told him I'm going to do it. So about a month later, um, I had, you know, done all my homework on how to do interviews and I got my equipment and I practiced a few times on like family and friends. Yeah. I was so nervous for that first day, but <laughs> I mean, afterward I was like, man, that was like, that just made me feel so good to yeah. be able to like, to listen to his story and then also realize that we're recording this so I can pass on his story to so many other people. Exactly. I think that that's the coolest thing about this is, you know, you look at some of these big name people, they still do interviews because we're always learning from people, you know, like I just learned 10 things I didn't know about you and we've known each other for a while, you know, right, I, right. I interviewed some of my closest friends here in Boise that are business owners and entrepreneurs and I'm like, wait, what? You did that? Like, that's your story? So it's it's just been a really cool way to see, especially you. I mean, you're, what, 16, 17 episodes in? And it just, yep. it's getting better and better and better. And I mean, shoot, I can't wait to look back when, you know, you've got 100 episodes deep and you're like, hey, Tony Robbins, you know, <laughs> you next week, you know, you ready? <laughs> yeah, both of us, man. I know, we're trying, we're trying. So Let's, uh, let's kind of get things all wrapped up in a shell. Is there kind of some words of advice for the entrepreneurs listening, especially in the real estate world? Do you have kind of um, a few quick, quick tips um, or advice for people that have interest in real estate development specifically? Real estate development. Uh, good question. I would say, I would say two things. I would say one, maybe get started in a, get started in rehabbing a house because that will teach you a lot without having to just jump right in to building a house. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big nut to swallow. Like that's, that's pretty huge for your first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say if, if you're nervous or, you know, a little scared of just jumping into the deep end of development, I would start with like doing a full gut rehab because that'll uh-huh. teach you a lot of the same thing without getting the full on building process. Guys take notes. Um, I just learned a lot from that. (laughs) And then the other thing I would say is, is find somebody who's doing it and just take them to coffee. I mean, you know, it's simple. We say it all the time, but um, I think there's that difference between talking about it and doing it. And Mm -hmm. people just need to take action and say, you know, I'm I'm just going to call this person, just call them. Pick up the phone. Yeah. It's that easy. All right. Well, as we wrap things up on the yes show, we like to ask our guests our three yes questions. So our first yes question um, to help all you young entrepreneurs and old entrepreneurs out there. I can't exclude the the old guys in the room. (laughs) Um, What's your morning routine and what are some of the rituals that help get you kind of started every day? I know that um, I think every entrepreneur needs to find their morning rituals because when you have consistency in your morning and your days, then you can get a lot more accomplished. So what's your morning ritual? Yeah, I would say the, the biggest value add in my morning is meditating. Ooh. 
So I, I try to meditate every day for, you know, 10 to 20 minutes, depending on how much time I have. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it just, it's, I've been doing it for, I can't remember, I think about three years now. Oh, wow. And it's just like, it just levels you out. It, it makes you mellow and it, and it brings you down to earth. Mm -hmm. It says like, Oh, like, you know, that's really not that important or I really shouldn't get that nervous or that afraid or that scared or, you know, I shouldn't get upset about this silly little thing. Like it just brings you back down to earth. You're like, why do I care about that? Mm -hmm. And is there a place where you would recommend, um, meditating? Is it you personally, do you use an app? What is, what is your kind of resource that you use? Yeah. So I use Headspace. Um, I've been using that almost the whole time. Uh, and then I also would recommend, well, first off, finding like a quiet spot to do it, um, away from any distractions. And, and then I would also recommend doing daily affirmations. Okay. Uh, those are huge as far as just telling yourself, you know, okay, this is the person I want to be. This is the person I'm going to be mm-hmm. and repeating that to yourself every day. Okay. So like in, in looking at yourself in the mirror, and sometimes I'll do it. Like I'll, I'll go up. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, I just, like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I do that and it's, it's silly, but it works. It does. It, it's funny you bring that up. Cause I think a lot of people feel like, Oh no, I don't want to do that. It's kind of weird. And you know, sometimes it takes you doing it on your own and kind of pumping yourself up. You know, I, I like to find a good song every once in a while to get my day going, you know, and I yeah, know that yeah. we exchange that on Instagram every once in a while, but I think that that is, you know, the power stance. It's a true thing. You know, when you can get those, those little things in your brain firing, you can really open up some cool, cool avenues. So Second question of the yes show, who, if you were to go for like a weekend trip in the woods, what three people would you bring with you and why? I would say number one would be, uh, Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer. Okay. So, uh, maybe some people have heard of him. Some people haven't, but he, I read one of his books. It's called, I can see clearly now. And it was just like a transformative book for me. It was, it was a lot about his journey and going through spirituality and, uh-huh. you know, figuring out how all things are, are interconnected. Um, and so he's something, he's somebody I, I love to listen to and I love to read. Um, so I would take Wayne Dyer. I'd take, of course, GC, Grant Cardone. <laughs> And I would love to, to like, see those two, like connect and, and how they would interact. Ooh, that's, that's a good angle. I haven't had that on the show yet is, is bringing two together to see what will come out of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like interesting, very different, very different people. Um, and then the last one would be someone we were talking about yesterday, Elon Musk. Ooh, he's yes. always somebody that like, he's had he's, that on the show last week. Have you watched his, I'm interjecting. Have you watched his thing with Joe Rogan yet? Yeah. Yeah. I watched about an hour of it. It's pretty ridiculous. It's crazy. I'm like, what is going on with that guy? And it's awesome. I mean, the parts where he was talking about what if we were in, like, this was all perception of like, we're already in a computer viewing out of ourselves through like, we're already in VR. And I'm like, Oh, that's, yeah, that's really weird to think about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've seen some of the, some of his talks on that. It's, it's pretty wild, but yeah, he'd be the third 
just because he like he thinks on a whole like he 10x is the 10x like <laughs> yeah yeah and it's, it's just so phenomenal futuristic um what do you think especially with kind of everything that's going on with tesla in his world right now do you still see a future for him or do you kind of see like he's going off the deep end a little bit it's kind of interesting yeah i mean he's teetering on the edge <laughs> <laughs> he's sliding down the hill a little bit right? yeah um i i really hope it all works out but i really don't know yeah i i want i want tesla to be super successful yeah. um i love their mission and i love what they do mm-hmm. but yeah I, I don't know that's interesting 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 so our last question of the yes show that we like to tell our listeners or or uh, question our listeners is what question do you have for all of the young and old entrepreneurs out there that um, can get them thinking or question them? It could be as simple as what's your favorite color. We just like to interact back with our audience. So what, what statement or question would you leave them with today? I like it. Uh, I would say what can you do and the next five minutes after listening to this podcast that you are going to make it happen and work towards something you've always talked about, but never actually done. Wow. It's like a bomb, like the real Brad Reed. <laughs> Mic drop. Bombs on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks again for listening to the Yes Show. It was an honor and pleasure to have you on the show, Evan. And uh, we'll send it off for you guys. And if, I'll uh, link all Evan's stuff in the bio. Go check out his podcast, Monumental, as well as all of his social media. He is fire, and he drops bombs like this all day long. So check him out. Thanks again, Evan. I really appreciate it. Love it. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah.